Okay, good evening. And we now are going to go to the third category that Chavazavavis has been building up to. And he described two different categories of individuals who seem to be humble. And the first category says this is nothing further than the truth that someone who is nebuch ill, someone with a low self-esteem, uh, someone who doesn't have any positive image about his capabilities, and therefore he acts very humble. But he's in truth not a humble person. The second category he gave was circumstantial humility. You know, it's based on the circumstance that the person is in, he has to act with humility towards someone who is superior to him. It is appropriate, and we'll see it actually could be a good stimulus to become humble, to understand the feeling of humility, but yet has not come to the really reaching what humility is. We now say, we're at the end of Perak Beis. But the third category is that is true humility. When a person could be humble before the Almighty, before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is true humility. And really, that is what humility is. Humility is that a person is always standing before Hashem. And the fact that he's always cognizant of the fact that he has the supreme being of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the creator of the world, the one who runs the world, the one who gives life to everybody. And he is a simple mortal. As great as he is, as much as he's accomplished, he's minuscule compared to the supreme Hashem. And therefore, that makes him feel small. That makes him feel insignificant. Being in the presence of Hashem, he feels, what am I? I'm a speck of dust compared to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that gives him the feeling of humility. So as great as he understands, there's a lot he has to do, there's a lot he can accomplish, there's a lot that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given him to be able to accomplish. But at the same time, he understands that he is a very small person a small being compared to Hashem. The Kniya is, humility is towards Hashem. And the truth is, once a person has that feeling, then it spans everybody. It spans all interactions. And this also would apply, this humility would apply at all times and in every place. And this is our intent in this coming chapter. So in this chapter, which he already described in the Psicha, why he wants to write about it, and here in Perik Aleph, he described what humility is, and in Perik Beis, he's describing different categories, says the Chavos of Ovis, my real intent, my real goal is to describe how do we get, and how do we achieve this type of humility the humility that one has before Hashem, and the humility that therefore is applicable at all times and all places. And someone who indeed is humble, who we find various descriptions of what a true humble person is. Someone who has attained kinia, humility, we find in Sifrei Kodesh, we find even in the Tanakh, what he's called. For example, Onov, he's humble. Venivza Be'enov, and he is, he's almost dis- disgraceful in his own eyes compared to 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not that he feels he's a low life, not that he feels he's insignificant, that he can't accomplish anything, but any time he would have a thought of, wow, look at this, I just have to take a step back and look what I've accomplished already in this day, in this week, in the last 10 years, look at this, what I've built up, look how much I've been uh, been doing, look how much generosity I had, and he, he looks at himself and he says, what am I comparing myself to? He lives a bain of, He's, he's, uh, he looks at himself in such a different light. Vitsanua. This is a very interesting description of someone who's humble. Vitsanua, he's modest. And the reason is because we understand someone who's humble means he's aware that he's always in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch. And as the Gemara tells us in the Brachus, Ein nikrat sanua elamishat sanua babesakisei. There was one, someone who eulogized someone who was passed away, and they said, oh, he was such a tsunuai, he was such a modest person, he was really such a modest and hidden individual. And Rav Nachman asked him, really? Was he tsunua babesakise? Was he even modest and careful to cover himself up even in the bathroom? Because Why? Because someone who realizes he's always in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that even in the inner chambers, even when he's all alone, no one else is there. Why does he have to be hidden? Why does he have to be covered up? No one else is there. No one else sees him. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu always sees him. So someone who indeed is always aware of Hashem's presence in front of him, realizes even in the bathhouse, even in the bathroom, even when he's all alone, he's not really all alone. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. And therefore, even in the Beis HaKisei, he realizes he has to maintain a level of modesty, which is really a level of humility before Hashem. And then he describes more descriptions of this Ana Vedaka, someone who's lowly, Shvaruach, a low spirit, Veruach Nishbara, broken-hearted, various descriptions that you just find in different psukim in Tanakh that describe the true humble person. So says, Whenever I'm going to refer to Kniya in this, the rest of this shar, the rest of this whole section of the book, of Chavos Avavos, the rest of this section was deal with humility. Whenever I'm talking about humility, this is what I mean. I mean true humility. That indeed is the really the ultimate level of humility that he's talking about. And someone who is able to attain this, someone who has maintained who is able to achieve a level of true humility, he is very close with becoming close to Hashem. He's not far from becoming close to Hashem. And to always feel that he's standing before Hashem. That's the, the true person who's humble. As the Gemara says, the Gemara tells in Sait the Davhei, that when a person who's a Balgaiva, a person who is haughty, who always has uh, uh, a way to pat himself on the back, always has a, a thing to say about about what he accomplished, how much he's done, 
Hashem says, The two of us, there's not enough room in the world for both of us, Hashem says. And as whenever a person is full of himself, whenever a person thinks of how great he is, he's pushing Hashem away. Hashem says, you know what? You think you're so great, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back. It's only the true person who realizes that everything that he has, everything that he has to accomplish and everything he has accomplished, only is what has been imbued by Hashem, that's part of what Hashem has given him to be able to accomplish for the sake of Hashem. When a person realizes that, then he realizes it's nothing about him. It's not him. This is what Hashem has given him. He doesn't take great credit for it. And that that person, indeed, when it's not about himself, but it's about what Hashem has allowed him to do, then that person feels he's always in the presence of Hashem. V'lamid l'fanov. And then he's able to be able to stand before Hashem at all times. The Yem Mekubal, more than that. The Yem Mekubal, he's going to be accepted. The Rotsui Eitzla Hashem is going to be pleased with this person. That's who Hashem really wants. Like the Gemara there continues. Where did Hashem place the Torah? Where did Hashem give the Torah? Particularly in a desert. A desert is low. A desert is flat. A desert is everyone tramples on the desert. The desert, the desert doesn't think it's so great. And we're in the desert, which mountain? On the lowest mountain. Not on Harakarmel, not on Hartover, the big, mighty, impressive mountains who said you should give it on us. He gave it on Har Sinai. The Gemara says, he gave it on Har Sinai, who says, I'm a little, a little mountain, you know, maybe not much bigger than a hill. Certainly, I'm not going to step forward to, uh, to think I'll be chosen. Hashem says, Harsina, that's where I want to be chosen. The person who is humble to show the world, the one who is humble, the one who is lowers himself, that's the one, the true one who could stand before Hashem, who is accepted by Hashem, who is pleased by Hashem. Kamayish, because like the Pasuk says, Zivchei Lekim, you know what a true sacrifice to Hashem is? Ruach Nishbara, a broken spirit, Lev Nishbar Venidke, a broken-hearted and a downtrodden heart, Hashem will never despise such a person. In other words, this this Pasuk would seem to be, before looking it through the eyes of the Chavos Avavos, we would see, ah, Nebuch, you know, a person who has tsaris, person who suffered so much, person who is just doesn't have success in life, person has never trouble with his family, person who doesn't have a good parnosa, say he's a broken-hearted person. And you know, broken-hearted people, Hashem's very happy with them. Hashem's close with them. That's what you can learn from this Pasuk. You know, a broken-hearted, downtrodden, low-spirit person, because he has nothing going for him. Oh, that's a true sacrifice to Hashem. But that's not really a sacrifice. The way it's been described by Chavos Avavos, when it really... Even logically, it makes sense. That's not a sacrifice. The person didn't sacrifice anything. The person, indeed, doesn't have much to speak about. The person doesn't have much to be arrogant about. It's the person who, indeed, is clever. The person who is successful. The person who has accomplished much. Yet he feels in his heart, I feel I'm great. I feel I've accomplished. Do you know how much more there is for me to do? I, I'm, I'm only scratching the surface. Hashem probably wants me to do so much more. 
And if I have the ability to do more, then I must do more. This the this week was this the yard site. Base Kislev was the yard site of the Rashiv of Lakewood of Baron Cutler. So there was a mice like this, one of his Talmidim, Reb 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 Per from from uh, Farakaway, who was one of the early Talmidim of Rabaran. He said like this, he said, when he was yeshiva, he was a Bakran the yeshiva, became a newsman, was the new semester, and he got his kavrusis and was ready to learn. There was a new Gemara that we were about to learn. And he got ready to go, and Rabaran called him over and he said, listen, I need you to go to St. Louis. St. Louis? It's the first day of this man. I need you to go to St. Louis to raise some money for the yeshiva. You'll be there for about two weeks. I need you to raise money for the yeshiva. We have some connections over there. I need you to raise money for the yeshiva. He didn't know what to say. You know, he's a buck in the yeshiva. Baron was the was the the Sarateira, the fire, the general. He didn't know what to do, but he was so despondent. So he went over to the to the leader of the of this Khabura, the Reish Khabura. He went over to this married fellow who was leading this uh, group. And he says, the Rosh Hashiva just told me I have to go to, to St. Louis. I mean, it's the beginning of this man. I'm not going to be able to get into the whole So this younger man told him, what do you mean? You go to the Rosh Hashiva and you tell him, no, you're not going to go. You have to be here. Also, listen, you're not a, uh, you're not a learning the kill and you get a, a paycheck from the Yeshiva. You're, you're only a, a single bacher in the Yeshiva. You're a student in the Yeshiva. You pay tuition. You're not even getting paid by the Yeshiva. Why do you have uh, the obligation to go raise funds for the Yeshiva? So, Repair says, yeah, you know, I got a little courage into myself. And the uh, the next time I was in the hall, Rebaran called me in. Okay, come here. I have to tell you some of, the, uh, some of the plans. Called me into the office. So, I said with great respect, I said, Rosh Yeshiva, if, if, if I could only ask just to, to understand that I'm only a bochur in the yeshiva. I don't even receive a, uh, a stipend from the yeshiva. And it's the beginning of this man. Why, is, why does the Rosh Hashiva feel that what's right for me to go and where I should be now for the next two weeks is in St. Louis raising money for the yeshiva? And Rabaran looked him in the eye and he gave him one short answer. He says, because you can that was the answer. Because you can. And he says, he didn't learn that much that's man from the Gemara, but he learned the life lesson. If you can do, then you must do. If you have the ability to do, then it's your job to do it. Hashem imbued him with these abilities to do it, then you have to do it. If you can, then you must do. That's the obligation. When a person looks at it like that, he says, I'm here working for Hashem. I have to do whatever Hashem allowed me to do and wants me to do. That's our job. And when we understand that's because I can, Hashem allowed me to do it, then a person is able to stay humble. Agutanach kultuf.